Nancy Sicano, also known as Psych with Socks, is a registered psychologist based here in Sydney, Australia. She enjoys working with her clients on a holistic approach to therapy, encouraging them to integrate various aspects of their lives to promote overall well-being. She's an avid gym goer herself and relies on physical movement as one of her top self-care rituals. In this episode, we dive deep into how to navigate through this new world that we live in with social media, with a highly sedentary lifestyle, and also things that I would say increased throughout the pandemic, anxiety and depression. Before we jump into the podcast, I do want to ask just for one favor, if you could subscribe to the podcast in whatever platform that you're watching it on or listening to this episode on. It really helps the channel grow and as it grows, it helps me to get more pulling power to bring on more interesting guests. Enjoy the podcast. So Nancy, I wanted to have you on to talk about pretty much all of the changes in lifestyle that we've had. Mm -hmm. We've had, uh, obviously, the pandemic was like a big one and we can touch on that. But I just think that, and and we talked about this before on the podcast, our lives, actually you said it, our lives are different. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's almost like long COVID. Like that affects your health, but it's like- psychological long COVID. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's what we could call this podcast maybe. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like life is different. Like we talked about as a personal trainer just before it Mm -hmm. went- just before it hit three months, I left the gym and went online. Yeah. But I was seeing how it was affecting people mm-hmm. when they were training people. They had to change pricing, scramble around gyms. So like even that was just like one clear example of how their lives changed immediately. Yeah. But even on the back of that, I had friends like even like a year after. Yeah. Thinking like I'm still getting back into what I had before. Mm-hmm. Like and now some of my clients don't want to train in the gym because they're like fearful of it or they're fearful of being surrounded by people in the middle of a city and now they just work from home or you know now they want me to go to their home so now I have to leave the gym and then I lose this and that like it's that's just one example of how it's different but ultimately today I want to unpack several I guess adaptations yeah that we've had to make in our lives I think that yeah you're right people had to make changes really quickly and we weren't prepared for that Mm. And like you said, some of your mates were in the gym full time and had to find a park or had to scramble and go on Zoom and teach people how to use online platforms and Mm. all of those things. And I think that what I I guess I really saw in it highlighted that we are adaptable, um, Mm. although it was extremely difficult. And yes, we were not at all prepared for what that looked like and what the implications were going to be. I think that we we did a pretty decent job at it. But Mm. what's happening now, like we said, psychological long COVID is that we have had to adapt and then adapt again and adapt some more. Mm. And, you know, adaptation is such a a human need, right? If we go into the whole evolution route, like if we didn't adapt, you died, right? Mm. So it is something that we are pretty good at, but we had to really lean into that. And Mm. yeah, let's let's definitely um, talk about so many different ways that we had to adapt and change. Yeah, on the adaptation thing, I think they're like in my perspective, which isn't that large of like my group circle and stuff, but I definitely saw two types of people emerge, Mm -hmm. like people that were taking on the challenge and like, I'm going to do whatever I can to like stay afloat, provide for my family, stay fit, um, you know, have a healthy relationship. Yeah, make it work. Just float. And then there are people like, man, this is too hard. Who's sunk? I'm going to, you know, start drinking more. I'm going to watch more TV. Yeah. I'm going to like isolate myself even more. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, yeah i found that that just like ties into the whole evolutionary thing like the whole you know i guess survival of the fittest <laughs> yeah, survival of the fittest yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah. In, in all areas of life yeah uh, one thing i wanted to touch on i i guess the first thing was uh or is social media mm-hmm. and how that impacted it so personally for me i knew that when people were at home more maybe not working and there was you know the government was handing out money sometimes yep. so people weren't actually working as much i knew that screen time was going to go up so yeah. i i went from posting like once a day to twice a day okay so for yeah, me capitalized yeah i was that. that i was that i was that person emerging like okay i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna double down i'm gonna go live i was like going live posting in the morning posting at night yep. answering um, story questions and i just went online as well so oh yeah well great. like three months earlier so i was like really trying to build yeah but yeah, screen time was up, engagement was up, and yeah. people were like... I mean, that was guess, our yeah. world, mm. right? Because we were so isolated from human interaction, we went online and we connected online. And mm. like you said, yeah, screen time doubled, quadrupled even. Yeah. Um, from, you know, watching every Netflix show that you could to... Um, you know, checking in with one another via Instagram or watching TikTok relentlessly mm-hmm. um, or doing FaceTime calls or whatever it was. Um, and then, of course, if we were working from home, we were predominantly on our computers. And so, of course, mm. you're doing meetings and then also emails. But then whilst you're doing that, you're on your phone as well. And <laughs> yeah. um, and you've got a TV in the background. And it was just like there was so much information being taken on. And this can probably be another podcast um, episode, but everyone then came out of that space. And I don't mean everyone, but a large majority of people were like, I have ADHD. Mm. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's definitely been popping up more. Yeah, it's um, I've seen like a, a billion ADHD TikTok videos and mm. I can't even tell you how many clients come into therapy saying, hey, can we talk about ADHD? I think I have ADHD mm. um, when I've been seeing them for three or four years for example and i'm like mm, let's talk about the changes that have happened over the last two years or um 18 months how mm. much change has happened in your day-to-day life yeah where yeah our we were dopamine fiends <laughs> yeah. during covid because there was not much happening yeah and so i yeah that's a whole other thing but i think that on yeah touching on screen time and the social media era during the pandemic mm. even dating went online too you know it's always yeah. been online but even like that so. blew up yeah as well because you know i can't go anywhere yeah i remember people trying to find loopholes to tinder <laughs> because it was like because <laughs> yeah. you know how like there was a point in in time where you could that bubble yeah you could see one person yeah, yeah the, the singles bubble them, yeah yeah <laughs> so like you could i don't know maybe go and stay the night with someone but you couldn't do it again with someone else that week or, yeah you I had to know, choose was- choose one single <laughs> single bubble buddy basically yeah. yeah okay choose the right one yeah um but yeah that there, there was i think you, you you did the right thing by i guess capitalizing on the fact that everyone just spent 24 mm. hours on their phones yeah <laughs> so do you think that was like people are actually say developing disorders like adhd or do you think it's just people's time i, I guess sorry uh, attention span shrinking because i definitely feel different yeah, i think sure like I've kind of always been similar, like, and my wife said it to me many times, I need to have more space for my brain because if I'm doing a monotonous task, I'd rather do that and listen to an audio book or listen to a podcast. Habit stacking. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to learn something and do this. But then also I think I, I don't have enough time to, to get to the bottom of my ideas because I'm just getting 
I'm absorbing other with people's so much ideas. Information, yeah. So then you become just like a parrot as opposed to this original person yeah. that develops ideas. But yeah. that's one thing that I've kind of always had, but I've found it more so like I'm driving, I have to listen to this. Mm-hmm. If I'm you've got to have your brain stimulated all the time. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm not if I'm just doing a task. Yeah. And I think humans are unitask people anyway, like monotask. Like we can only do one thing at a time. But if I'm just, yeah, kind of, <laughs> I guess that's a different debate. Yeah. But we're only like, if we're doing something, that should be enough. Like yeah, you should yeah. be engaged. But yeah. I'm like, no, I need music. Or yeah, I need a podcast put on Joe Rogan In while, the I'm, while I'm doing emails or something. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Man, even because all the ADHD has been coming up, I'm like, do, do I? I? <laughs> do I need to get a test? Yeah. I mean, but I think I just look. There are so many variables to getting a diagnosis, and I again, I won't go into that yeah. um, in depth. But I definitely think that our attention spans has have been hit. Um, when mm. you consume such large amounts of um, content or stimuli at Short a form really content too. yeah at a really rapid rate, and you know everyone that um, is on Instagram or TikTok knows that when you refresh your feed, there's this like ever so slight pause before your feed, um, I guess, regenerates, and mm. that is the same concept as poker machines. And so that's a whole other conversation <laughs> that we like can have. Like suspense before correct, it hits, like, correct. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Um, and so the I guess the back end, the people who curated these social media platforms, um, really took from um, the psychology around gambling, mm. which social media is an addiction, also, mm, which is be, a yeah. whole other yeah. <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we were just getting dopamine hits, dopamine hits. And we, yeah, like mm. I said, we became dopamine fiends. Boring tasks. Yeah. Super boring now. Yeah. Right? They're like, I'll get on an email and start writing and halfway through I'm like, um, should I go? I think I feel like a banana. Yeah. And I'll get up to the go into the kitchen and get a banana and come back. And I'm halfway through an email and I'm like, okay, cool. I've finished this email. And mm. then I'm like... Um, I should check my phone. Yeah. Like it's, I, yeah. I I have seen as well, because I went online during COVID and I had to shift into telehealth, I was on my computer every single day. Mm. Whereas prior to that, I, I, I actually never really did um, online consultations. I was five days a week in clinic face to face. I'd have phone calls here and there, but when I transitioned to telehealth, I found that literally I was sitting in front of a computer every single day. Like mm. my, my screen time was yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I'm on TikTok and I'm on Instagram and I'm doing all those other things as well. So yeah, I, I found that my attention mm. span was hit too. So what do you think are best practices that people can use to try and navigate that? Yeah, let's really put in some strategies, I guess, to chunk our time Mm. um i know that lots of people use the pomodoro method where you let's say use 20 minutes um and and put a timer on and do 20 minutes of work and then when the timer goes off stand up and give yourself five minutes to do something that you enjoy Mm. um or 10 minutes um go and walk outside sit in the sun go on your phone read a book whatever it is and Mm. then and then when that alarm goes off, go back to the task that you were doing and then and kind of repeat that cycle. Mm. And so you have smaller increments of time where you are super concentrated and then know that it's 
you get a break and mm. then come back. So um, it's rejigging, I guess, your attention and being like, I don't have to be so fixated on this thing for two hours. If I have 50 emails to do, um, that's a really overwhelming task. And you'll find that a lot of people are procrastinating those things because it is so boring mm. and I'm not getting any stimulation from it. So I'm like, cool. Like something that should take me half an hour is taking me three hours. Yeah. Um, that's really helpful. Habit stacking, like you were saying, doing emails, but also listening to a podcast in the background is not a bad idea. Mm. So habit stacking is doing something you need to do with something you want to do. Mm. And so it gives you that joy of being like, I get to listen to Joe Rogan's new podcast um, episode, but I also need to uh, fill out this intake form for mm. one of my clients. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I think that I did a lot of habit stacking during COVID as well. Like I would, I, I need to go for a walk and I want to go for a walk as well because I want to be outside and I want to get sunlight exposure. Mm. Um, but I also need to be doing my emails. So I would, I would pair those tasks as well. Yeah, I used to do that too. Yeah. Like I'd wake up in the morning, go for a walk, but then... <sighs> I don't know. I was always in this bit of a war with it because I was like, I'm going for a walk to be out of nature by the beach. You know, like, I shouldn't be on my phone. Yeah, and here's, yeah, here's yeah. me like this. Yeah. I'm like editing a video that I'm going to post later on. I'm like, yeah. did you even take in the nature or are you just yeah. like... But like, I'm like... Or making the best out of a bad yeah, situation, I'm, I'm, I guess. I'm still like, it's better than sitting Absolutely. on my couch. Doing you know, it. Yeah, inside. Yeah. I think, again, that's adaptation. You know, mm. if, if the circumstances were different and I was able to go and come as I please, then going for a walk and being consciously aware of your surroundings mm. is really beneficial. And, and you, you know, not being on your phone, that's great. Mm. The circumstances were that the only time that you got outside was when you were going for a walk, yeah. but you also had all of this work to do and you were like, how can I pair the two to my benefit? Mm. You know, so again, adaptation, like... Mm. It's not one size fits all. And I think that especially on social media, because there's so much content and we're about to, I guess, discuss anxiety and depression and the prevalence of that on social media is mm. that, you know, if one person presents this way, it doesn't mean that you have to present the same way, but you may be experiencing similar things. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, people go turn to social media and go, if, if I have anxiety, what should that look like? And then... Mm. I'm taking on all of this information. I'm like, oh, I don't know how much that fits or, um, oh my God, yes. You know, this person who has ADHD on TikTok, I am exactly that person. I too have ADHD. It's mm. not that clear cut. So what other things do you think people can use to to navigate it? I, I, I guess one specific one I would have is like around comments and like people or no, maybe messaging or like sending maybe nasty messages or things like that. Like, I get that a lot, but obviously I guess we're different in terms of like, we actually have platforms where we're exposing ourselves to mm -hmm. or exposing others to our ideas and opening ourselves up as potential targets if people disagree. Yes. Um, but I do know that other people get, you know, if you just use Instagram casually, yep. you can still get forms of hate or like, mm -hmm. you know, messages that you don't want to have. Yeah. How do you think people can navigate through that? I think as well, during COVID and after there was a lot of, culling of things that just were not serving you Be like mm. i said and we said we spent so much time on our phones so we were being impacted by the things that we were seeing and the people that we were following and the ideas that people were presenting to us online mm. and so a really helpful task for anyone that's on social media is start filtering the things that you are looking at because mm. the information that you take on yeah you think that it's you know 10 seconds or or 
three minutes at this point on TikTok that, it, you know, it's just a quick snippet of this information, but it's really absorbed and your ideas then start to formulate around that information and then mm. and then your behavior is impacted and, and so on and so forth. Your mood is changed. And so it's not just we're taking on information. So mm. be really selective with the things that you take on. Um, people whether that it's, you follow. Yeah, people that you follow, content that you consume, conversations that you have, videos that you watch, like – you need to be, I think, super selective because you are a sponge, essentially. And um, whether it's online or in conversation with people in real life, um, the friends that you have, the places that you work, like everything is impacting us. And so be conscious, be present that, you know, I I have to be really taking on things that are of benefit to me and mm. not hindering me or making me feel worse about myself or making me compare myself. I know that as well, um, especially now, everyone's in Europe, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I'm just in Italy. Yeah. Or the, you know, the whole out-of-office reply email. <laughs> yeah, which I'm about to turn online. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, everyone's – what feels like everyone is in Europe and I know that um, not everyone is and people are at work on their computers and, and commuting and et cetera. Mm. So, I think that if that feels overwhelming to you, if you feel like you're comparing yourself, mute it. Like I, it's okay. It's okay for you to not be okay viewing content. It's, I don't think that you should feel bad about that. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a savage unfollower. (laughs) (laughs) Gone. And like people, and people are like, you can just mute, but I'm like, but I, I don't know. I just don't want them there at all. I'm just like, but I don't get anything from them. Like, so even if I am aware of this person, like I remember I was a person, I was a personal trainer in the gym fitness first market street. I was there. And there were some personal trainers that, 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 and like I was following, you know, just like following everyone because yep. yeah, yep. we were like that. And then I was just like, man, I'd like maybe they weren't even posting, or maybe it was just stuff that I just like didn't align with. I just didn't, yeah, or maybe I just didn't like it. Like, yep. you know, and I just like <laughs> I remember I unfollowed <laughs> someone, and then they were like hit me up. They're like, oh, you unfollowed me, and I was like, man. First of all, I was like, how did you know? Like, are you looking through your yeah. who's following <laughs> you like that that closely? But yeah. I don't know. Like maybe. Maybe it's rude and I like, like I get that, but I'm just like, I don't want, like, I don't want to see booty content. I'm not trying to grow my booty. I don't struggle with, you know, the, the struggles that your avatar that you're trying to market to yeah. has. Like, yeah. I, 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 I don't think that's I couldn't rude. care about the size of my booty. So I was just like, I still like you as a put. Like, I was like, we're still talking. We're still hanging yeah, out. Yeah. It's just that I don't follow you on this app. Is yeah. that, is, oh, is that th- really that I bad? I think that people have really tethered themselves to their online presence, mm, right? So they're following like, count. yeah, I mean, like, I am who I am on social media. So if you unfollow me, you don't like me as a human. Mm. And I think that that's not right. Like, I agree. Yeah. It's not rude for you to unfollow someone. And I think the concept, and I've been speaking about this a lot, whether it's online or with my clients about the concept of should. Mm. And that's, riddled in obligation and expectation we are so we are parameted by you know you should follow every single person that you know why should i yeah you know like i think that when we don't do the things that we should we feel guilt yeah and we feel bad Mm. for doing that and and again this is such an important concept as well because we are just kind of blindly following what we should be doing Mm when we're not actually checking in with what do I want to be doing? What do I choose to do? Mm. 
you know, and that that's different for every single person. Mm. You know, we all should move our bodies, but mm. how should we? That's up to you. Mm. You know, what what capacity do you have? What time do you have? You know, how what abilities do you have? Mm. That it's the intention of movement, but how is up to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. the same way that with, you know, your mental health. Like we all should be taking care of our mental health. How you should be doing that also up to you. Yeah, very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's something I've, I feel really, really strongly about, and um, maybe another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so on movement, yeah. What's your advice on, on, I guess, overcoming a sedentary lifestyle that mm. is kind of like thrown at us? Yeah. Like, hey, you know, sit at your office. Um, you know, drive or commute, you know, sit on a train or drive in your car, yep. 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back. Mm-hmm. How do you encourage your clients or I guess just your pieces of advice for sedentary people? Because obviously I have my own, as a personal trainer, I have yep. my own kind of, you know, checklist that I go through, but mm-hmm. how do you approach it? Um, I also think that a lot of us now work remotely because of the pandemic and some of those business structures just felt like that worked better for them. They didn't have to have an actual office and everyone just worked online. So, Mm. um, the step count is real low now more than ever before. Massively. Yeah. Um, And like you said, people are commuting, whether that's on a train or driving and, um, or they're actually not walking to work anymore or they are getting their car now um, instead of walking like they were before. So, um, I really think that when we live in a sedentary lifestyle, we need to start with, like you were saying, the low-hanging fruit. How Mm. convenient and easy is this task for me? And how can I then implement that into my life at the moment? So, I find that people find it extremely difficult to, you know, I need to go to the gym for one hour. And it's like, well, the gym is 10 minutes away and also my my child the childcare starts at 7.30 and I need to be in the office at nine o'clock and da, 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 all of these other things. And it's like, I don't have time for that. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, don't go to the gym for one hour. What mm. else can you do? Mm. You know, and so start with something that is convenient. It's easy, it's accessible and it's super limited in that you, it doesn't feel like effort, mm. whether that's literally walking around in your backyard. And this is something that I said to my clients um, during COVID, a lot of my clients were experiencing anxiety about being outside yeah. um, in, in you know, whether that's going to the grocery stores or whatever it was. And I was like, you, you can literally do an entire workout in your lounge room without seeing anybody. You can do it in your pajamas. Mm. You know, you can put music on your phone and you can just do, you know, air squats. Yep. You can you can lunge in the backyard, you can skip, you can hop, you can jump, you can roll around. Like it mm. doesn't matter what it is. It's just that you're moving your body. And so, yeah, I do. I encourage my clients to start extremely small and then add to that and scaffold, you know, is this something that's sustainable for me? Can I mm. do a 10-minute walk down the road with my dog and then come back and get ready for work, etc.? Can I add 10 extra minutes because I woke up 10 minutes earlier? You know, mm. is my husband looking after the kids in the afternoon and I can go for a half an hour walk with a girlfriend who I haven't seen in a long time? Mm. If you then have the capacity to add to that, great. There are amazing online platforms that you can join and and you don't actually have to go anywhere. Um, But if you wanted to go to a gym and not have to interact with anyone and have your online coach, great. You know, if you wanted to join a sporting team and you don't want to ever step foot in a gym, awesome. You wanted to rock climb. Like there are so many things that you can do, but just start with 
what do I have the capacity for? Mm. How much time do I have? How convenient is it for me? And then reassess as you go along. But mm. it doesn't have it doesn't have to start big. Yeah, I think I, I I like the idea of like the whole convenience thing because I think physical activity in in this day and age is an inconvenience. Yeah, but like you have to lean into that. Like you have to almost inconvenience yourself. Yeah. Like my wife and I, we'll just walk to to the grocery store, right? And yep. we could drive there. It'd take, I don't know, two minutes. Yep. But we walk and it takes like 10 to 15. Cool. You know, with a child, maybe throw an extra five minutes on there. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, that is inconvenient for us that have, you know, schedules that yeah. have, you know. You Busy know, lifestyles. Like wake, wake windows to follow for, the, uh, for our daughter or like, you know, meetings or, yeah. you know, things that we have to do. Mm-hmm. But that inconvenience of yeah. physical activity yeah. is like... It's good for you. It's Yeah, it's good for you. But also, I think there's beauty in things like you touched on it. Mm. You can see other people when you do it. Like, yeah. so, you, so, so you can almost layer physical activity with social activity. Yep. So you can see a friend that you haven't seen in ages. You can see a family member. Yep. Take your daughter outside for a walk like what we do. Yep. You know, or you can... Like uh, during COVID, I kind of um, had this mental schedule in my head that I would have this list of people that I would call okay. instead of just walking. So it'd be like, you know, my Nana, because she's uh, approaching 90 years old. Wow. Well. <laughs> you know, like um, my sister-in-law, my brother, you yeah. know, my other brother, like all this stuff. Like I would have this like, so if that person- I want to check in with these yeah, people. Yeah, so if, if Nana didn't pick up, I'd-, I'd, I'd you know, On to the ring, next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like tomorrow, the next day, I'll start from wherever I left off. So okay. that would help me- during the time where we couldn't see anyone yeah. physically. Yeah, feel connected to those yeah. important people in your life. Yeah, and checking yeah. in on them as well because they yeah. were going through similar things. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's like a nice idea of, okay, like it doesn't just have to be movement. It can be movement plus something else. That yeah. also can make it a bit more exciting Yeah, because it's like, well, I'm not just, you know, going for this monotonous walk step after step, you know, yeah. how boring. It's yeah. like, well, now I get to FaceTime someone or, you know, yeah. you can make the most of technology. Yeah, and, you know, like group activities, I think are, especially because we're adults now and that's so heavily um, pushed on kids, you know, go and do a team sport. It's really good for you. It's good for socializing. It's good for, you know, teamwork, all of those things. I think it's Mm. still really good. And again, I know that we're more time poor than we've ever been before because we're trying to fit in 500 different things at the same time. Yeah. But it's, it's so nice to go and, and show up to training, for example, on a Thursday night after work and see all your mates and talk about, you know, what's been going on for you. And it's like yeah. one hour of just like chasing a ball around um, and you're moving and you're socializing and you're getting outside and you're not so sedentary, like coming home from work and then doing more work and then domestic duties and then going to sleep kind of thing. So yeah. I think that if it's possible and you have the capacity to do so, yeah, I encourage movement plus socializing and connectedness and and feeling like you belong somewhere as well which Mm. is such an important thing for each and every one of us and yeah we we lost a lot of that during COVID so it's something that Mm. I I really push on my clients now like please reconnect spend time with your friends and family go outside do social things Mm. because you've missed out on that yeah 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 I started um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in 2021. Oh, nice. And just what you said before, the whole, you know, camaraderie, talking about things in your life. Like, obviously, we're there to to, to do the, the, the arts of Jiu-Jitsu and, like, you yeah. know, learn techniques yeah. and, and stuff. But you're, like, with another dude or or, or or a chick and you're, like, learning moves and stuff. And, like, in between, you're talking. And, yeah. And I'm, like, man. So nice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> man, I remember I saw one of the guys from... Uh, 
from jujitsu like down at the beach while, while my wife and I were walking in and I just shouted out I was like Jesse <laughs> Jesse <laughs> and my wife was like what like what's going on like who is this guy because like and, and, and I didn't realize I'm, yeah. I'd like formed another friendship and yeah. there's like, like kind of like brothers you yeah know, yeah at, so nice um, because working for yourself f- f- for me I, I was like a face-to-face personal trainer then I went to online yeah, all I would super see isolating is right some, man during um, um, during COVID and, and even after sometimes the only person I would see in real life was my wife yeah or my, you know, or my fiance at the time, you know. Yeah. But like, I you've was like, seen so many people, right? Yeah. Because you're you're online and you're interacting, but it just doesn't feel the it's same. It's not the same. Yeah. And yeah. now I have like, it feels so different. Like to have like, I'm like, I, I I guess my friend group went from like shrinking down to like, well, I still have my solid amount of yeah, friends, yeah. but I guess my my bumps into people, yeah. the spontaneous has scene, expanded. Yeah. I'm like, oh <laughs> man, like it feels nice. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of something that you don't think about, but when you do analyze it, you're like, okay, man, I actually was very isolated before. Yeah. I mean, loneliness is debilitating. Mm. Like we're herd animals. We mm. we need connection. We need people. Uh, it, it, there is no this like lone wolf mentality. We mm. were, you know, again, going back to evolution, like we built tribes. We needed people around us to connect to, to feel safe with, to, you know, draw on their strengths when we had weaknesses and, um, th- it's again still very important we are mm. continuing to evolve we we can't lose sight of how important those things innately that is for us to feel love and connection and support and um belonging mm. so yeah i for whoever's listening to this i think that i i want you to make conscious choices around being connected socializing and you know, if we talk about depression, for example, the first thing that any client says to me is, I just want to be alone. I feel I feel mm. so overwhelmed with everything. I feel um, disconnected. I don't want to talk to anyone. And I'm like, that is just perpetuating what you're experiencing because you're validating mm. the fact that you are alone. Mm. You know, as much as you feel that you don't want to be, who do you feel safest with? And, you know, can you just be in their physical presence? You don't even have to say anything. You can sit opposed, you know, on the couch, on your phone, but there's another human being in the room with you, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and uh, yeah, I just think it's it's so important. Mm. I cannot stress that enough. So on top of loneliness, what do you think personally? Obviously, you have your, your, your clients coming to you. Mm-hmm. You have your observations in the real world. What do you think? contributes to people's de- depression i know that's a big question yeah. you know? it's like well there's yeah. like a million things yeah, there, but there's like, lots of variables like loneliness is, yeah loneliness is pretty yeah pretty it's solid. Pr- yeah um feeling not good enough comparison like we said on especially online um mm. you know there's lots of anxiety around the timeline you know, what should I be doing at what stage of my life? And I don't feel like I'm there when everyone else is, um, yeah. which is also not the case. But again, it it looks to be that way. Um, and we're constantly looking online at everyone's highlight reel and then comparing it to our behind the scenes and it just doesn't match up. Mm. Um, you know, I, I want to be here, but I can't be for X, Y, Z reasons. And um, th- there's just so many variables that, that come into play when it, when it's either depression or anxiety. And I think, again, it's been extremely prevalent. Yes, everyone has experienced these things in the past. And again, I use the word everyone. I don't actually mean everyone. <laughs> um, lots of people. Um, and it's 
yeah, it's way more prevalent online now and people are seeing other people's stories and, and people are feeling more comfortable being vulnerable online. And so it feels like a lot more people are anxious, a lot more people are depressed. And mm. um, going back to, I guess, the isolation of, yeah, I, there were so many terrible things that happened during COVID and people were really impacted by that. And so it's, it's yeah, it's really hard to say you know, all of the things that contribute, but definitely that, yeah, we feel a little bit lonelier. We feel that we're not, you know, meeting the standard that we should. We're comparing ourselves to other people. We're not, you know, uh, rich and famous and, um, mm. you know, shredded and have this car and go on these holidays, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that feels, we, we feel pretty flat about it. So how do we feel content with that, with that stuff? Because, you know, I definitely have a, aspirational side of me Mm -hmm. like you know i want to achieve this and Mm -hmm. i want to achieve that or ambitious maybe is the right word yeah um thankfully i can balance it with i guess reality of Mm -hmm. you know i'm not going to have what this person has maybe i don't even want it yeah um, but there are things that i want Mm -hmm. um so you know i always have this element of not being happy yeah or let's say not being content yeah like because i I guess maybe I'm probably I might be fearful that if I get 100% content, then I feel like I'm going to slow down and be lazy. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you know. you're, you're driven. You're yeah. driven by the challenge of not. Well, I being like movement. There. Yeah, I like movement. Yeah, I like feeling yeah. like I'm progressing. Feel, yeah, feel like I'm going somewhere. Sure. Um, so, but yeah, you can open up your phone and you can just see, you know, oh, this guy just bought a Lamborghini. Yeah. You know, it's yep. like, oh man. That's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, but but then I could think, yeah, man, that's pretty far away from me. You sure. Know? Like, oh yeah. man, I, like maybe yeah. I'm not doing so good. He's younger than me. Like, shh, I'm yeah. behind. I feel like the he, you know, they're younger than me. You know, they're at this age doing these things, and I'm at this age doing these things. Mm. That's huge. Yeah, a lot of people think that. Um, I I think that if we shift our perspective a little bit and go, well, what is that person buying a Lamborghini say to me? Mm. Is it that they have freedom? Is it that they have financial stability? Is it that they are succeeding in some element of their life? If you can look for that and then reframe it in how can I gain that in my life without the Lamborghini? Yeah, like what does my (laughs) version of that look like? Yeah, so like, you know, for example, um, another PT is comparing themselves to you because you've gone online and Mm. they're still face-to-face and they're like, wow, Brock has so much flexibility and time and he gets to do X, Y, Z on Fridays because he doesn't work on Fridays anymore. And, you know, I'm so jealous or envious of that. But it's like, okay, well, are you jealous and envious at, you know, Brock's accomplishments or are you jealous that he's got more time? Mm. And so what does that look like for you? How how do you form more time? What does time mean to you? And, you know, again, we can go down, down yeah, into that. But it's... I can gain those things for myself just in different ways. Mm. And that's really helpful because it's like, oh, I, I feel more financially stable because I started consciously saving 10 extra dollars a week. Yeah. You know, it's super small, but I'm working towards it. Mm. And so I feel like I'm like, awesome. I'm, I'm challenging myself. I want to progress. Mm. That feels really productive. That feels really purposeful. That's important to me. Yeah, and also I think that helps build confidence too when you break things down. Like you talked about, um, I think I think you mentioned with depression, kind of like you know feeling like you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like when you break down things and they become more achievable, it can help build that self-efficacy. Like, oh, I am actually kind of, you know, I am. I'm worthy. Yeah, I am worthy. Yeah, yeah I yeah. guess that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Like, even if you're, like, trying to save for a house, it can seem really... Far yeah, away. Especially in Sydney. Oh <laughs> Let's talk about apartments first, actually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it can it can be quiet. Like, you're like, man, I need that much. And yeah. then you're like, whoa. But, then, I, but then you break it down to how much is it a year? How much is it a month? How much is it a week? And then, okay, a daily. Day. Yeah. You know, let's just stop buying a coffee every day and make it at home. That could be, <laughs> yeah, that could be realistic. Yeah. You know? Yes. So, and then that builds like, okay, maybe I am worthy of that person that gets a house because that's who I want to be. Yep. So like I can step into and then that can pour into other things. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, for me, goals are, they're challenging because the moment that one thing doesn't work out the way that you wanted to, you feel like you have failed that goal. And I really switch that up, um, especially in therapy. My thing is intentions. So I intend to focus consciously on my physical health right that's an intention Mm -hmm. if i go to the gym on monday and i go for a walk on tuesday and i roll around on my carpet on wednesday my intention is still movement it's physical it's paying attention to my physical health but -hmm. it's ever changing and adapting dependent on my capacity capability time etc but i'm still not failing i'm still working towards the intention mm. that feels like I, you know, I'm kicking goals. Yeah. So if your intention is financial stability, what does that look like for you? And how can you achieve that each and every day in, you know, m- minor increments mm. that gets you to that end goal, you know, purchasing of the home. Mm. What can I do today that feels achievable to me that is low impact, convenient, et cetera, et cetera, that Mm. it's not going to break the bank, so on and so forth. And it's like, I am saving towards a house. Mm. Sure, I don't have $200,000 in my bank account right now, Mm. but I'm working towards it. Yeah. 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 And I think that intentions are great for for getting started. Mm -hmm. Like, it's less overwhelming. You're like, I just need to move in this direction. Yeah. And then you maybe, I'm not trying to lay this on top of your idea, but I think personally for me who likes... Num- or numbers or like things that you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have that intent and then I could narrow down what each step looks like but sure. as long as I'm in that general direction tra- trajectory yeah. then I can fine tune it later on but yeah. it's, it's just that movement first but it, again it's like what works for you if you're someone who yeah. is not everyone's like me yeah, yeah correct if you're if you're capable of setting up a goal for yourself and having you know these you know 10 steps that you need to achieve to have this goal great mm. if that works for you amazing yeah. and again like I said every everyone's instruction manual is very different. And so what works for you may not work for me and may not work for the next person, but that's okay. You know, like I was saying before, we are so different and we require so many different variables to get to the same result. Mm. And so it doesn't have to fit. You know, you might, you might, you know, listen to one of Brock's podcasts and go, wow, that's such a great idea, but I can't do that because this, this, and this, and this. And it's like, okay, cool. But how could you do that? If you looked, if you really liked the idea that Brock proposed on this podcast and you're like, that's sick. How do you then kind of digest that in a different way and then implement it in your life with Mm. all the things you know about yourself Mm. instead of being like, there's no way I can do that, you know, because I've got all of these things happening and Brock doesn't have all of these hap- things happening yeah. and, you know, this is like redundant for me. And it's like, well, y- you can get something from anything, yeah. really. Yeah. You've just got to know what you're looking for. Yeah, I, I 
I think I really learned that up when I was dealing with people face to face as a client. Yeah. Because I had to, well, because <laughs> like what, I feel like when you don't have kids, it's really hard to understand that life mm. because I was also, so I lived very selfishly, right? I moved sure. out of home. I was just like, I need to pay my bill. I need yeah. to, you know, make my salary or make my wage. Or yeah. Like I want to hit this goal and I, I, I want to do that. It was all about me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then when I started coaching mothers yeah. and fathers yeah. while also being business owners mm -hmm. or, you know, also having, you know, this hobby that they, you know, they wanted to play netball Wednesday and Friday. Like I was like, man. I'm just a single dude that's a personal trainer. I can walk on the gym floor whenever I want and train. Correct. And I used to just like, at the start, I was like scratching my head. I was like, maybe they're just not committed. <laughs> and then you kind of like grow up a bit and you're yeah, like, yeah. no, oh. they're just busy. Like they, they just got other priorities. Yeah. But like for me, if a client would cancel, yeah. let's say, yeah. I'd be like, I'm training. You know, like yeah. I'm already at the gym. Yeah. Like I was going to be on the gym floor anyway, but now I'm just going to work out. Yeah. So like, it was so easy for me to train. Right, because your lifestyle fit. Yeah. 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 But then like other people have other things that they want to achieve. And then <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, maybe it is like they have other things they want to do. Because I was like, it's just three times a week, 45 minutes. I was like, come on. Like, yeah. you sit there like, oh, I've only done two. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. But they're like, oh, you know, I had to take my kids to the hospital. Then we had, you know, like a prize giving and all this kind of stuff. I was just like. <laughs> I was just always like, just do it. Like, but yeah. it's it's but so it, much more complex it, than that. It's so hard, I guess, to um, empathize with situations when you have never experienced. I had something. zero empathy for yeah. everyone. Like, I was so, such a cold <laughs> personal trainer. I yeah. don't know why people train with me yeah. at this stuff. I was like, I just didn't like. I was yeah. a lot of my clients here when they first met me. I was very cold. Okay, and I think that was just from having no empathy, like no life experience, because sure. mine was just like. If I had to, I would just do anything. Like I would sleep in my car. I would, yep. you know, eat, eat. Like I remember like when I lived in Auckland, I had no money. I would only eat like, um, what's it called? Like organ meats and like yeah. reduce the clear vegetables because I was broke. Like I would go past like um, like Woolworths or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. and go straight to like the Chinese market where everything was like cheap and yeah, reduced to yeah, clear because yeah, I was yeah. like, I, I didn't have the money to do it. So right. in my head, I was like, you just don't want it enough. Yeah, or you like, can just do anything if <laughs> yeah. you put your mind to it. Well, I was like that. But and I thought like, like well, fair, everyone should be like me. But that's the thing. And I, I think that again, this like, and this is, you know, tangenting a little bit, but like this hustle culture stuff, like um, just do it. You know, Nike's slogan is like, just get it done. Like stop yeah. with the excuses, stop with the justifications. Like anyone can do anything. Da, da, da. And it's like, mm. like, sure. But you have to really take into account that there is so much other stuff happening yeah. for different people. Mm. And like, like I said, your instruction manual is very different to the next person. So it's unfair for people to, you know, look at the next person and be like, man, it's only 45 minutes, three times a week. Why can't you commit to that? You, you know, you yeah. obviously don't want gains, da, da, da. And yeah. it's like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but as well as wanting those things for myself, I have all of these other priorities and, and things that I'm responsible for that take up my time and yeah. that I feel it, it's, it is really difficult. And that's, you know, barriers to change. Mm. You know, I talk to my clients about, you know, here, you know, you've come to me and you've said that you want to work on da 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 things. And I'm like, awesome. That's great. What are, what's standing in your way? You know, is it time? Is it that you have, you know, a difficult home environment? Is it that you are financially strained? Is it, you know, we, we really look at the things at that's, that's the roadblocks to change. Mm. And 
we work through those things instead of being like, okay, you want to do these things. Here is the steps to do it. Awesome. Go and do that. Come back to me when you have. And it's like, yeah, that's not reasonable. Mm. You know, what is standing in your way? And like we said before, in, in terms of movement and, and physical activity and going to the gym or getting a PT or committing to, you know, X amount of times of movement a week, it's like, what is standing in my way? And mm. address those things first and then look at your capacity and then make changes thereafter mm. and, and find sustainable ways to incorporate those things into your life that, that you can do without too much hassle. Yeah. yeah. And like even... Some people struggle to to just get to the gym. Yeah. Like I did a, um, I'm still yet to release it, but like I recorded a podcast the other day. It was just a solo one on um, like creating a positive gym culture. Yeah. And like the biggest consideration with that is the person that hates the gym or doesn't want mm-hmm. to be at the gym because that's kind of why you're trying to create this gym culture so everyone can kind of come in and feel welcome. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to do it. If they like, come in in general yeah right? like it, you gotta it, get yeah. them if there they must first drop the coast to get there but <laughs> yeah. then if they're there and then you're just like oh, you know like you, you know yeah and you're just like screaming or you or you're not smiling or you're not hygienic or you're not wiping slamming down, like, weight, yeah. weights into the ground exactly then they get there and they go shit this is exactly what people said it's going to be like I'm i don't want to be here yeah. yeah this isn't for me yeah um and i trained a lot of people that have that like yeah the gym anxiety because you, oh. you you confide in a personal trainer and you feel like you have this guardian angel to yeah, like yeah. you know create the safe space for yeah, you yeah um but yeah like not everyone can just like walk into the gym and just feel like they're this kind of confident person and i want to talk about or i guess i guess kind of like transition into like self-esteem and yeah. that because maybe gym anxiety is kind of tied to it maybe not but um <sighs> Can you kind of like, I, I, I guess, define it mm-hmm. and then be like, how can how can we improve it? Mm-hmm. Because I, I personally, I think through my parenting that I had growing up, like yeah. I was always encouraged and like, sure. oh yeah, you can do it. So I never really felt like, oh, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that because sure. parents were so supportive. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously that's not everyone's no, definitely um, case. Not. So, yeah. And you would have dealt with that. Yeah. Day yeah, to day. Yeah. I think that, you know, perception of self is really important. And I think where we've got our lines crossed a little bit is we're more concerned today about how others perceive us. Mm. Um, and I, I saw this quote ages ago and it's a little bit of a tongue tie twister, but I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Mm. And so, yeah, that's, I, I say that to my clients and they look at me like, what? Can you repeat so, that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, can you say that in a sentence? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm more concerned about what I think you think of me than I think of me. Yeah. And so we, I think that's true for so many people. Yeah, absolutely. And and so then we try and formulate our self-esteem around what we think people think of us rather than what we think of ourselves. And that's where I think we've we've got it wrong. Mm. Because I should be more concerned about how I feel about me versus how someone else feels about me. And when we're working on our self-esteem, it's what is my perception of myself? Mm. What is my self-image? You know, I am 
all of these things. And actually, Instagram just released threads. Um, oh, to- man, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Don't even bring that <laughs> up. Know. I'm like, do I use it? Do I not? <sighs> to, to, do I post to a go- photo or do I not? Yeah. <laughs> Is it just text? Yeah. Um, anyway. To go into war with Twitter. Yeah. Um, but my first thread comment was, who are you? Yeah. Um, I want to drop that first, you know, the illusion of like, uh, uh, who, who am I? Yeah. And, you know, I guess it's the age old question, like the cliche coming into therapy and being like, who am I? Mm. Um, and when it's I, very ha- hard to answer. yeah, when I have actually asked that question to a lot of clients, most people look at me very confused and, <laughs> and, and feel kind of like baffled that they can't answer that question. And so then you think about, okay, well, self-esteem is derived in knowing, you know, who I am and feeling positively about myself and, you know, being really confident about my identity and and the perception of self is that, you know, I walk around being this person because I know who that is, mm. but I feel like a lot of us don't know that. And so we wait mm. for others to tell us who we are. Yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what well, do like, you think of me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, I think you're like really funny. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, cool. I guess I'm funny then. I'm funny. Yeah. 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 So, or it's really easy to just say, and I do this, Yeah. is just say what I do. Right. Who are you? Oh, yeah. I'm a personal trainer. It's like, no, that's your job. Well. And it's, yeah, mm, it's a tricky one. Yeah. It's a tricky one. Mm. But I know that that's what I will. It's not, I've it's done not that, solely who you are, but. Yeah. Well, it's the easiest, I yeah, guess. Yeah, when you're, I guess, self-employed, or it's like it's it's very tied to who you are because yeah, that's that, kind of it all feels that like you your identity. About. Yeah, you're like that's what I do every day for like forty hours a week, or maybe even eighty. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> like care, bro. <laughs> but like that's that's what you think about. That's what you do, and that does make up who you are. But then I kind of thought, well, if I'm just saying that, yeah, I would like to expand one on day that a little bit, <laughs> be a bit more than what I do, because yeah. then it's like, well, when you stop doing that, then who are you? Then what do you do? Do you yeah. just go into this breakdown of like, oh, I don't know? Yeah, who this I am. identity crisis. Yeah. Well, I want you to think about this, right? My Are you th- counseling me right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is for you and for everybody that's listening, yeah. right? Cool. My thoughts become my behaviors and my behaviors become my habits and my habits become my identity. Mm. So, for example, if I cut your hair this morning, it doesn't make me a hairdresser or a barber, right? But if I go into a salon and I cut hair five hours a day, five days a week for the next six months, I am, mm. right? So, what do you do? consistently that makes you feel like it is part of your identity. Mm. And so, yes, you are a PT because you do that every single day of your life, Mm. but you're also now a father Mm. and you're a husband and you're a friend and you're a sibling and you're a son and you're kind and compassionate and supportive and patient and tolerant and driven and ambitious and like perseverant and resilient and Mm. all of these things and, because you are those things, they become who you are. And so when someone says to you, who are you? Tell them what feels like the most consistent things that you do. <laughs> I am persistent. I am diligent. <laughs> but, Give them a big list. Yeah, but but that's who you are, mm. right? And so I think and a, a task that I set for my clients um, to try and kind of find those consistencies is Mm. what have you achieved in your life right and I don't mean I went to university and I became a dad and I bought a house because yeah Mm. great their achievements but some people like I've achieved literally nothing yeah I've gone into this space of my life I've done nothing Mm. and I'm like 
well, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you have accomplished, you know, did you get out of a relationship that you felt was really bad for you and it was really difficult to do, but you didn't? Mm. Did you grow a veggie patch in your backyard and, mm. and you know, the first tomato sprouted and you were like, oh my God, shit, this is crazy. Mm. You know, did you... Um, clean a room that you felt was so overwhelming to the point where you just like had let go for three months but finally mustered up the courage to do so like Mm. we accomplish things every day depending on the scale obviously of those accomplishments but in each accomplishment you need these traits to get you through and so Mm. if you think about you know transitioning for you from um, face-to-face clients to an online system and an online platform for your clients what did you need in order for you to make that transition. Mm. Tell me about the the traits that you required to do that. Risk taking. Risk, great. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. What else? Yeah. Um, mate, what else did I do? I think a big one is like courage. Absolutely. Because it was like, there was nothing set in stone. Yeah. I was just like, I'm just going to do it. And like, kind of like, I think that's been, it's, it's a pro, but it can also be a con, but it's just like throwing myself out there. And I just kind of like rely on myself to adapt. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I feel like I'm quite resilient I, yeah. or I'm adaptable. Mm. And, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I do, I take risks and I, I back myself and I mm. have some self-trust and yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm ambitious and driven by challenge. And, you know, it, that's just one thing that you've done in your life mm. that has like, then spouted out all of these things that you are. And then you can find consistencies in that because I'm sure that you've done other courageous things or Mm. you've been resilient in other elements of your life. Mm. And so if you track all these things, you're like, wow, there's a pattern here. Get some data, yeah. Yeah. And and I think that when our anxious minds or these really negative self-talk things happen for us and we ruminate about the things that we haven't done or we should be doing or, uh, you know, periods of our lives where we felt, you know, really down and really flat and we're like, you know, I'm useless. I I have not accomplished or achieved anything thus far. I feel really just down about myself. Mm. Go back into your life and find the smallest thing and find the attributes that fit. And you, over time, build this really, you know, detailed data mm. of actually I am some really amazing things. Mm. I just haven't taken the time to consciously search for them. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got a way that I do it. That's, I, I guess a little bit backwards towards what you're saying, but because I guess I have that data in my head of the things that I've yeah. done or, and the yeah. things that I've, or who I am. Yeah. I took this from, I've talked about this a few times on my podcast, but I took it from like when I used to go to church back in the day and I used to pray every morning. Yeah. Um, the whole gratitude thing and like, you know, um, I guess pursuing to be, well, you know, if you're Christian, it's kind of like, you know, to be as God or to yep. be like God. Yep. Yep. So you want these kind of um, attributes. Yep. So I kind of turned it into a self-affirmation mm-hmm. and I would say, I am this, I am that, like I am generous, I am... Yeah. Um, kind yeah I am you know I am hardworking I Mm -hmm. am generous Um, I already said that but like so I have this big list yeah Um, and like you said like the more data you get the more you can kind of go oh wow I am this and that so I would do the say these things but I would kind of go that doesn't really feel like that's not really I don't know how to word it like not true to me it was just like a nice word yeah it doesn't align with me does it resonate with me I would love to be that but it's it's not really me so I would like I, I keep like it's just a notes on my yeah, on yeah. my laptop and, okay, I, cool. and I just keep changing it like or what do I want to aspire to be like because I like 
growing up, well, it's, it's, especially at church, I kind of really struggled with this being generous thing because I was at like at many times in my life, yeah. not saying that my family, um, you know, didn't provide for me at all. They always did. But like when I moved out of home yeah. and really <laughs> was like living <laughs> scarcely, looking for reduced to clear vegetables, yeah. I was like pretty tight. And I was like, yeah. The concept of generosity at that time was crazy. Yeah. I was like, how could I pay for someone's dinner? <laughs> like, <'cause, laughs> I can't pay for my own. Because <laughs> like at church, I had this mentor that always paid for my dinner. And I was yeah. like, I want to be like him. Because yeah. like, every time he did it, I was like, number one, I'd feel a bit guilty. Because yeah. I was like, shivers, man. It's like <laughs> seventh time this week, this guy's paid for a meal. But then I was like, when I'm older, I want to do that. Or yeah. when I have money, I want to be able to do that. But he's like, you can do it now. And yeah. I was like, but man, I, I'm literally yeah. pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, it doesn't have to look like that. It could look like, you know, one dollar here or like, or it or, could look or, like your time. It's time. Yeah. yeah. That, like, and that was the big one. I was like, yeah. oh, time. Like, yeah. that's a, that's You've a, got an abundant, um, yeah, I, like, I guess, like, yeah, when you don't have money, you usually yeah. have time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I was like, yeah. So that was like one thing I really drawed on. But that's kind of one way I've kind of tried to curate this future Brock Ashby that I want to become. Right. Or that I want to aspire to be. Yeah. Or that who. Well, that's your who, ideal self. Yeah. Right. Like, so I'm continually striving to that. But and it, that, mm. in that same breath, you know, the the self-image is the person that you are today, right? Mm. The person that you envision yourself to be today. Your ideal self is the person you aspire to be, your full potential. Mm. You know, this is the best version of Brock ever. Mm. And, you know, if I dropped dead tomorrow, I'd be like, yeah, that guy was killing it. Mm. And so you then look at the discrepancy between the two. Because if you think of like a Venn diagram, the the more spaced out the circles, the, you know, and the bigger the gap, the lower the self-esteem. Mm. Because it's like, I, I am not who I want to be. But the more crossover there is, the higher the self-esteem. I am who I want to be. Mm. And so another really fun little task that you can do is, you know, who is Brock today? Mm. This is my self-image. And who do I want Brock to be ideally? And that discrepancy is the barriers. Mm. What is standing in the way of my two circles overlapping and me being my full potential self? Mm. And so if you struggle with low self-esteem and you think, I wish I was this, this and this person, look at who you are today and who you want to be and then work towards bridging the gap. Mm. I think that's a really great tool of like, literally like a very practical way yeah. of seeing like that's what needs to change yeah yeah and look you know the the barriers there's so many of them what happens if i change who i am and i work towards that ideal version no one knows that version will they like that version will they mm. want it still want to be friends with me will they want to stay in a relationship with me you know am i going to be accepted if i walk away from this person of who I, th I think that I am right now, but mm. I really want better for myself. I want different things for myself. You know, what, yeah, why am I scared to, to mm. move towards that? Is it a lot of time? Is it a lot of effort? Is it risk taking? Is it that I have to invest in something that I don't know is going to have a positive outcome, but I, I've got to try anyway, you know, all of those questions that you need to ask yourself as you challenge yourself to move into that ideal self. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I want to just talk about this one quote on your website before. Yeah. It was actually, oh, the water bottle's over there. Sorry, I should have uh, had it here. Uh, <laughs> um, but it says, talk about therapy like you talk about going to the gym. Mm -hmm. What? And I've never heard that before. Did you make that yeah, up? Yeah, I did. Oh, mm, I probably, I, whether I found it 
and then felt really close to it or I maybe saw a derivative of it, but mm. I'm not going to claim it. Right. Um, but but it, it definitely is whether I, yeah, I saw it and I thought, wow, like this, this really, really resonates with me. Mm. Yeah. Um, what, what resonates with that? Yeah. Um, the gym has been something that I have like loved for so long. Like I, I think I first started going to the gym in year 11. So I would have been, you know, 16 going on 17. I'm like the earlier years. Um, and I just found solace in the gym and I, I spend a lot of time in the gym. I, um, I exercise six days a week and um, I do different variations of, of things. I do reformer Pilates, I do boxing, I weight train. Um, but everyone speaks about the gym all the time, right? Like it Sometimes is too much. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is the, I feel like anyway, and maybe it's because, you know, the, the circles that I run in, people also love the gym, but the gym is just like the most talked about topic, right? It's so easy to talk about when you're into it as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you do? Where do you go? What do you lift? What are you, what's your, you know, um, yeah. your, um, I don't know. What do you do on chest? How much do you squat? Yeah. Da, what's da, da, da. Your split? Yeah. 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 Um, what do you do on Tuesdays? <laughs> um, have you been to the gym today? How long did you spend at the, like, there's just like all of these questions and people are so like readily available with like, you know, this enthusiasm and this yeah. passion to talk about the gym. Yeah. And because I'm part of that world, I was like, I wish that people felt as driven and passionate about therapy as mm. they did about the gym. And I wish that people felt comfortable and secure and safe to have conversations about going to therapy because it's such an important tool. And in my mind, therapy is the mind gym. Mm. And if I feel so passionately driven by the physical gym, then I was like, just as you spend all of this time working on your body, why have you left your mind behind? Mm. We, our mind is attached you know, our brain is attached to our body. It's not separate from, yeah. you know, and I, people, I think people think, you know, whether again, it's it's stigma that still is like lingering around. It's 2023, like let's get it moving here. Like mental health is directly correlated to physical health. Physical mm. health is directly correlated to your mental health. It's not, it's not separate. It's one in the same. Yeah. Do you think the barrier is that mental health or talking about, ideas around therapy and mm. things that you may struggle with or things that you may have overcome yeah, um, is so closely tied to who you are because I feel like when you go to the gym, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's just muscles and fat and bones and, yeah. you know, yep. angles of joints. Like yep. it's not you. It's mm. just like, it's a squat. It's not me. But when you talk about things yeah. like mental health, it's like, Hey man, like I've been crying every night. It's like, whoa, that's, that's you. Yeah. And that's like a bit closer to home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there's there's just so much judgment around mm. whether it's internalized judgment, whether it's external judgments, um, whether it's the again the stigma that's been formulated around you know if you go to therapy and I use this you know with inverted commas like crazy, which is also crazy to me that that's still the perception um, in in 2023. But yeah, I think that it's the the fear of judgment. You know, mm. pe people are so happy to speak about the gym because the judgment is positive, mm. right? It's like, oh my God, you go to the gym. That's so great. Oh, yeah. you're working on yourself. Oh, you know, this is your uh, like 
these are the sets you're doing. These are the reps you're doing. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you lift that heavy or, you know, you're so good at, you know, doing advanced springs on uh, reformer. That's amazing. Like it's all, it feels really positive, mm. but th- I guess the feeling of talking about therapy is, and and I, I'm generalizing here, but is quite negative. I mean, amongst lots of different population groups, it's like, yeah. oh my God, amazing. You go to therapy. That's so great. Like, where do you go? You know, what books are you reading? And I feel like we're leaning into that, which I absolutely love. And mm. I guess the reason why I started social media in the first place is because I wanted a platform where people could access a feeling of like togetherness and, you know, me too. I experienced these things too. And it's not, mm. it, it isn't a foreign thing that I'm isolated and alone and experiencing that, you know, all of these other people feel very similar to me the same way that people feel so connected and um, that they can share in those experiences in the gym. And so, yeah, talk, talk about therapy. Like you talk about going to the gym is literally, I feel so closely tied to because I want the concept of going to therapy to be as normal quote unquote as speaking about going to the gym mm. yeah yeah because it's often like oh you must be going through something are you okay yeah like, like it's a problem like feel sorry for yeah you instead yeah. of being like i'm happy for you yeah mm. i think that's great you know um yeah. there are so many people who are like sure yeah therapy is extremely helpful when there is crisis or you're experiencing you know trauma anxiety depression eating yeah. disorders all of the you know diagnoses yeah. but i do so much therapy with people who are like growing themselves bettering themselves developing Mm. and and not to say that we're not doing those things when we're dealing with you know these presenting problems either but there are people like you know i want to communicate better or i want to have a healthier relationship with my partner or i you know in conflict i find it really difficult to be assertive or have Mm. boundaries how do i do that better yeah and i i love that because people are coming to therapy now being like how do i get better than what I'm doing right now. Mm. And I, you know, instantly am like smiling because I'm like, I love that for you. Like, that's so great that you are like, cool, I've identified that these are the things that I feel like I could foster within myself and I'm I'm going to get the tools and the resources and the strategies to be able to do that. And when people like, you know, had a, a, a conversation with someone about something that I felt really like, off about but I articulated it in a way where I felt really respected and mm. I was assertive and I felt so good that conversation was amazing I was like good like that's so great that mm. you're able to do that and I hope that so many of us seek therapy because we want to be better we want to be better partners we want to be better colleagues we want to be better you know siblings or or children um I I think that it's good for us Mm. To, to keep working at ourselves the same way that we would going to the gym and, and you know, lifting heavier or doing more sets or doing more reps or trying a completely different movement and, and perfecting that. I want people to do that for their mind as well. And that's ultimately what we're doing in the gym anyway. Like we are yeah. like, like you would in therapy, let's say, let's say overcome trauma. Yeah. You're doing the same in the gym. If you're, let's say, obese, yeah. that can be seen as trauma to the body or well yeah well it's Im- you know it is imp- it's trauma the same, is yeah. the impact of right right so there's a stressful event so for example if you showed up at the emergency room and you had blunt force trauma to the head we would be looking at the wound not the hammer that caused it mm. right so it's trauma is the impact that these things have so obesity is 
is the impact of right mm. you have visceral fat around your organs yeah. your cardiovascular system is more impacted um your quality of life is not as good etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. that's that that's impacting you it's literally the same thing as therapy but it's just the body as opposed to the mind but it's like if you're overcoming trauma in the gym it's yeah once again it's that man good on you yeah that's great amazing. job good like for you you're, you know you're working on yourself but then it's like almost with yeah, therapy, like, oh, it's my, like oh the, my goodness <laughs> it's like the you're other work, way around you're working on yourself <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I. The reason I guess I came on to yeah. your podcast today is because yeah. I I feel extremely close to, um, you know, the physical uh, movement world and and physical health because I speak about it so much in therapy. I'm like, mm. you cannot neglect one for the other. You yeah. you need to ensure that you are taking care of your physical health as well as your mental health and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like, and and obviously there's many different reasons, but I feel like that's why, I guess, I haven't really had too many struggles with my mental health because I've always locked into looking after physical health, and I feel like not that it's like if you just look after yourself physically, it's all going to be fine. No, but it definitely contributes for me it's personally. Helpful. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely helpful. I think, again, like, you know life is so faceted and there's so many things that could occur but like yeah what we're both saying is that if you if you add to your life and you you benefit yourself through movement and exercise and showing up and discipline and motivation and all Mm. of those really good things that's a benefit to your mental health absolutely Mm. you know there is no doubt about it that if you give back to your body, your mind will thank you mm. and vice versa. Yeah, I like to call it, well, what I say to my clients is it's just the ripple effect. Like, yeah. I feel like it's it's obviously mental health, but it's also other things. Like, I feel like I've developed a strong work ethic through the work ethic that I've had physically. Great. Not just sport, but also in the gym. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's, dis- you, it's discipline, yeah, right? It's, and the idea of progressive overload, making things harder over time. Yep. If you are doing that in life as well, you become more resilient, not just like your muscles. So Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. And I see, and it, t- it ties in so closely. And mm. I... You know, I why I love the gym so much, why I love mm. the concept of movement and strength and endurance and flexibility and mobility and like pushing yourself beyond your limits and not, and seeing that you can actually do things you never thought you could and, mm. you know, like muscle ups, for example. Like I watch people in the gym do that. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I can't, I literally can do half a pull up yeah. and like I'm pretty strong. Yeah. Um, but the, that strength and not only that, but like the perseverance that you have to have to be able to get to that. Like yeah. I admire that. There's a lot of failures there. Yeah. I, <laughs> it, it looks crazy. Yeah. Um, my my cousin is a CrossFit instructor and okay. like he's jacked. Um, but like he's, I just see how much like dedication and time and like he's got three kids and he's a lawyer and like, wow. yeah, like he's like, you know, he's, he's doing really well for himself. But um, I, yeah, I see how much dedication he puts in and discipline and all of those, like we said, those amazing traits that you require mm. in your life in general can can show up in the gym and, and, and in movement and physical activity. And so, yeah, what, again, it all interlocks. It all feeds in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, three questions to wrap up the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's one thing you do every day to get better? 
I, I move my body. <laughs> Going off that, um, each and every day I move my body in some way, depending on, like I said, time and, and capacity. But um, I wake up at 5.45, 6 o'clock in the morning. I um, do what I need to do, get my supplements in, etc. And I either go to my PT or go to Reforma or go to the gym or go for a walk or um, skip in the backyard, whatever it is. But movement has been something that I've really, really lent into and is part, like stringently part of my self-care. When did that habit start? Um... Like I said, I've been training since year 11, but I, I definitely think that um, really being disciplined around movement started when I became a psychologist because I, I know that this is a really full-on job and I take on a lot of other people's emotions mm. and that's really heavy. So And self-care is something, um, not only do I preach to my clients every day, but something that I truly believe in in terms of being a... Um, a, a well-rounded psychologist, someone who can take care of themselves first before they try and help others take care of themselves. And so not only do I want to practice what I preach, but mm. I know that it's a vital um, tool for me, not only to exert anxious energy that I carry throughout the day, but it's um, re-energizing myself, giving myself mental clarity um, to take on other people's um, stuff. And so, yeah, it's, it, almost it's like a non-negotiable for me each and every day. And and I, I live for it. It, it. it brings me joy, truly. Mm. That's brilliant. Yeah. What's one quote that has made you better? I think that you can't change people's behavior, but you can manage the impact their behavior has on you. And... I think I heard that from my supervisor when I was doing my internship. I must have been about 23. Um, and I was always riled up by things that people did to me. I was like, how dare they, you know, do X, Y, Z. And I can't believe that they did. Da, 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 and, you know, I'm, I'm so hurt by that. I'm so angry. And I remember her saying to me, you know, you, you, ju- you just can't change what people do, Nancy. Mm. But you can manage how it impacts you. And I was like, oh, I don't have to be rageful about it. (laughs) I don't have to be like losing my shit because, you know, someone did something that I felt was like wrong or they did wrong by me. And she was like, yeah, you you get to choose how it impacts you. Mm. And that was so powerful. And I, I, I use that to today. It's something I I probably like have on repeat in therapy as well for for others is that like you are fully in control of how these things impact you. Mm. You get to manage that for Mm. yourself. And so, for example, if you were like, Nancy, I think that you are the biggest loser that I've ever met. I could be like, Brock, why would you say that? That's terrible. I feel so hurt by that. That's that's really fucking mean. Mm. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Sorry. Yes, yes, you can. Um, or I could be like, Brock, if you think that I'm a loser, I guess that's your perception of me and that has nothing to do with me. I'm like, you know what, Brock, you're a loser. Mm. I think you're just as big as a loser as I am. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I can't change what you think of me. I can't change what you've said to me, but I can manage the impact. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I think that's an important skill. Like we talked about like hateful comments or, or mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it doesn't even have to be online. It, yeah. It, it, In it, general. It could be face to face, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 
like an idea that I like is like when people cut in front of you. Yeah. Like when you're driving. Yeah. Like if you get super angry, it, they could just be as happy as Larry just driving past. <laughs> like <laughs> listen to their favorite song, just cutting in front of you. You're losing it. They're unaffected. Yeah. They are still loving life just as much. Yeah. But you're like losing it. Yeah, and then you yeah. get home and then you're angry towards your partner. And then you, you know, you yeah. put that anger elsewhere. Like yeah. you don't have to do that. No. Like just, just keep driving. Yeah. It just is what and, it is. Yeah. And exactly. You, you get to, man- you could, you know, get out of your car and start swearing and screaming, which I've, I've seen more of, which is concerning. <laughs> You're in Sydney, man. It's just, it's just how it is. I know. Or you could be like, ugh, that's annoying. Or you could be like, man, I probably cut someone off last week and yeah. didn't realize, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mm. think that's been really helpful for me. Last question. Yeah. What's one book that you think has made you better? Um, I think I was saying this to you before. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle is and has been it's very it's a very spiritual very enlightened book but the concepts in that book have been um i guess perspective shifting for me because it's it's a whole other world that i've never really known and when i read that book i remember i don't know it just made me feel some type of way and i really have allowed myself to be more conscious more present in the moment because of that book mm. Um, and it's so easy for us to be so caught up in our minds and the future and the past. And um, it's allowed me to be a lot more centered and a lot more grounded. And I think that it's been a really helpful tool as well for me in being a psychologist and holding space for people in therapy is that I'm able to be present with them and really um, not, you know, drift off elsewhere and, and like think about, you know, I need to put petrol in my car after I you know, yeah. finish for the day and I wonder if the chicken's thawed on the, on yeah. the sink and, and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, I yeah, I think that that's been – I love that book so much and I, I really value the concepts that he speaks about. Yeah, it is such a deep book and I think that when I read it, yeah. I read it in – so when I read it, I was like zero empathy. Yeah. Go get Cold. it. Yeah, go get it, Brock. So I read it and I was like – I feel, the, I feel the same. <laughs> but I read it because I was living with a family at the time. Yeah. Uh, when I moved out of home and I was living in a different city, yeah. still in New Zealand. But um, I was living in a house where this guy was like saying um, saying things like, I just, uh, I don't feel alive. I feel like I'm dreaming. And like saying pretty things like, yeah. you know, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, is this real? Right. You know, he's saying uh, yeah, like, yeah. really? And I was like, man. I don't like I I I didn't <laughs> get it at going all. On? <laughs> I didn't get it at all. Yeah. And then I was like, oh no, is he taking drugs or like you know is he depressed? Because you know he was saying really st- like stuff where you're yeah, like yeah yeah oh you know is there some yeah <laughs> is there is, so, is something going, underlying here? Yeah, yeah. So I I tried to read it for him right <laughs> to, to have a because I I gave him the book and he okay. said like I'm not going to read it right. Um, oh no, he said he was going to read it but never touched it. Yeah. And because I, I thought. I did some research and I was like, well, that that's going to help him yeah. to to live in the now and yeah. like figure out yeah. whatever he's going through. Yeah. He didn't do it and I read it for him. I didn't get it. And then uh, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't help me help yeah. him. But I think if I, because I still remember the concept. Right. If I read it now, I feel yeah. like I'd have a better understanding. Yeah, different, as how different to, perception. Yeah, that, yeah. I feel like you, you kind of have to I think you've got read to read books it. at the right time. Absolutely. I mm. think that there you know, one person be like, oh my God, this book is transformational. Like you must read it. It like changed my life, etc." And then, you know, you hand that book to that person. They're like, mm, not so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, how receptive are you to the ideas in that book? Do they resonate with you? Is that something that you're able to like conceptualize and, and, and utilize potentially? Mm. And for me, I, um, 
I am pretty time poor. So I do a lot of audio books. Um, but I feel like when reading, I read one because I enjoy psychology, obviously, but it's also really beneficial for work. So I, yeah. I it's a two-in-one package. Nice. Um, so I only currently read psychology, self-help, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I've just never really been into other books. Yeah. Um, but it's helpful because, I mean, it fits. Yeah, I like... I like those books too. Yeah, those cool. are my favorite. I remember yeah. I read um, one of them by Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled. Oh, yeah. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I think it was like, I just grabbed it from a store. And yeah. I was like, but I loved that one. Okay. And, okay. And, and talking on timing of books, one yeah. thing that I read uh, when I left the gym, yeah. because and maybe because it just popped off or maybe because I thought I needed it, but I read The Obstacle is the Way. Okay. And that was when three months before COVID hit. So like I had it and I was like, well, but I was like, I felt like it prepared me yep. to really attack the moment when it happened. That hit, That's yep. why I doubled down on posting. That's yep. why I like, I hired someone at the time. I, <laughs> it was crazy. I like went on this holiday with my friends and my girlfriend, like, well, my wife now, but yep. like we'd been dating for maybe about three or four months. Yep. And we like went away on holiday with my dad and my friend. And I went, I did this and I was building a website at the time I came back. I had like $2,000, which in Sydney doesn't last long. That's no. like um, <laughs> three weeks of rent at that time. So I was pretty, yeah, tight. And I was reading that book and yeah. I was like, all right, let's go. You know, so I really like, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. I just like doubled but down. But it, it fit and it yeah, was it's it such fit. a good tool for you at that time. That's why I enjoyed that book. Yeah. But other people will mm. read it and be like, nah. yeah, like yeah. I'm not really in that mode of like, I need to like really, but, but these the hard thing. things are going to benefit me later on. And this yeah. is, this is the required yeah. path that I need to go through yeah but yeah especially in those doesn't hit like that yeah no and especially self-help psychology books i think that you have to be in the right space to receive the method the message and Mm. you are yeah yeah okay how can i how can how can people follow you (laughs) do you want to say anything to anyone um i am psych with socks online um sock squad yeah and i have the sock squad um i my last name is sakano and everyone in school used to call me socks so now we're psych with socks um on instagram i do want to make a tiktok eventually i'm kind of scared of the people on tiktok (laughs) so (laughs) i've been hesitant i would say their comments are the worst yeah i've received my most hate right i i don't know what it is i'm a mansplainer apparently oh well people are savage on tiktok i'm like like, i don't care yeah whatever yeah um it's it's a it's a platform that i'd like to break into um Mm. but yeah i have instagram um i started on youtube originally and yeah it i was such a baby on there um it just took too much time (laughs) and then i was like i'm over this now um but i yeah i psych with socks on instagram and i am psych with socks.com do you have space to see people face to face or not? I have closed my books um, for a little while now. Yeah. Um, I I am at capacity. Great. <laughs> um, That's I had a, good a problem. Yeah. I, I I think I I had a pretty hectic year this year. I got mm. married recently. Woo. Yeah. Um, and you know, going on honeymoons and and all of those things. So I think that I wanted to really be um, present for the clients that I currently have and. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have the capacity right now, but it's definitely something that I want to look into reevaluating mm. soon. Mm. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you and, so much for having me. And thanks for spreading the message, not only about mental health, but how physical activity yeah. leads into that. Obviously, you know, as a personal trainer, I'm a big believer behind that. And yeah. I, I, I spread similar messages, obviously not in, in, in as much psychological detail as, as you do, but yeah. I'm very pro physical activity for 
mental health for mental health yeah and and my clients have felt the difference great um you know in all aspects of their life as mm. well um but it's really awesome to see someone not just like almost ignoring such a big part of what life is like because Absolutely. it's it's not just you know um just do your mental health stuff over here yeah and just like oh yeah you're sedentary and like like whatever just keep yeah. doing this stuff you know yeah. it, it's going to get better it's no. like let's bring up all you know all um all legs of the table yeah, yeah, to make yeah. sure that we're not you yeah, know, wobbly. wobbly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think I, I thought for a long time that PTs and coaches really do need to um, get themselves well-versed in mm. mental health and, and, you know, as much as obviously their scope of practice, but um, understanding that with every single client that they face, they are experiencing some sort of mental health challenge or hurdle. Um, doesn't have to be a diagnosis, but just challenge mm. in, in general. And understanding mental health makes for a better coach and a better PT because mm. there are barriers and variables that you need to take into account when you're looking at progress of clients and commitment and retention and all of those things. So um, maybe that's something I'll consult on one day. Mm. I, yeah, I think it's super important. And I yeah. think I, I think we are seeing coaches become a bit more well-rounded yep. as opposed to the commando coach, like, yeah. you know, let's do 100 push-ups, go, 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 yeah, and yeah, just shouting. Yeah. Like, I don't think people want to be shouted at anymore. Uh, no. I think, <laughs> I think I don't think they ever wanted to be shouted <laughs> yeah. at. Yeah, like, yeah. I think if you want something intense like that, like, CrossFit's a great environment, yeah. but, like, for one-on-one PT, like, the whole commando coach thing, yeah, I don't think people deep down wanted that. No. I think they thought they wanted that, yeah. but ultimately, I don't think long-term it ever worked. I've never yeah. done that approach. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think people are, kind of being a bit more empathetic and a, and a bit more understanding because yeah. it's it, it's so important to actually make it feel physical health feel a bit more uh welcoming as well not Absolutely. just like oh you know i feel so good but then i just get shouted at and just like <laughs> hate my workouts but i have to do it like now it's like oh it all works together yeah yeah mm. i think that's the way forward mm. yeah. all right then we'll wrap it up there thank you Cheers. so much awesome <laughs>